0: The Cubs survive another series to take two out of three from Detroit, and we may, we may have a little guest at the end of today's show. Let's get it! You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you could watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you. On all things Cubs, today's episode is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click on the link in the description notes to join Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Well, we've got a fun show. Uh, if you're listening on this Thursday, scorching Thursday, scorching Wednesday, scorching Thursday. Uh, there's nothing that I like less than 100 degree weather. So hope everybody's staying cool, hydrated, feeling good. Uh, If you look, if you're watching on YouTube, I have it up. I'm hoping at the end of this show, I will be able to call in my dad. My dad isn't exactly Steve Jobs when it comes to technology. uh, So we're just going to try it over the phone. I think you'll be able to hear him on speaker. He is expecting the call. Uh, He doesn't really know what questions I'm going to ask him, but you know it'll be really fun because uh, my dad's base. You know the, the version you guys see of me every day. That's just my dad. It's same same thing. So I want you guys to get a chance to hear him talk about the Cubs, and hopefully we'll get that done at the end. But first, we got a lot to cover. Uh, a lot to cover from Wednesday's game in this series. It was a very nice victory for the Cubs on Wednesday. But before I get into that game, I want to just, I want to make a a large clarification. I I really do, or maybe that's not the right word, but after Tuesday's night, really tough loss, I came on the live and and I I went after Ross like usual. And a lot of people responded and agreed and a lot of people disagreed, which is why we do this show. I want to make it very clear. The last thing I want to do is blame Ross for every little thing. If they blew the game on Monday, I wasn't going to blame him for it. That was just bad execution by Michael Fulmer. But my job on this show is to come on and give my takes. And my take is, is that the one thing that consistently has held this team back in 2023, albeit still a very successful season thus far, is just poor decision-making on the margins. And on Tuesday night, you you, you can't ignore something like that. You can't ignore Drew Smiley staying in the game for 80, 90-plus pitches. And the thing that I'm confused about, and I'm transitioning now into Wednesday's game, the thing that I, I, I don't understand is, a similar thing happened again, where Jamison Tyone—you can make the case—was in was left in too late. I'm going to leave that alone, and I'm going to attack the next inning when Michael Rucker, who hasn't pitched since July, late July—it's been about a month—and got called up a week ago and has not appeared in a game. Just randomly shows up in a in a tie game in the seventh inning of a very important game, and I, the. the the rhetoric, the response I'm hearing from the Cubs people and fans are saying, hey, Sam, the bullpen's fried. And that's why Ross did what he did with Smiley. And that's why Rucker was in. And that's why Tyone was left in late. And I just have to ask you, and, I, and I'm not asking this rhetorically. This is a a serious question. So if you'd like to, to to comment and answer, by all means, you can. Why is the bullpen so tired? The Cubs played five games last week. They had two days off. All five of those games, they got six-inning starts. I don't understand this idea that everybody's fried. Now, Adbert like does look a little bit fatigued. Maybe it's, maybe it's something like Ross knows that at the end of the day, the games that are really going to matter are the, the head-to-heads against Milwaukee, the head-to-heads against Cincinnati, Arizona, San Francisco, and he wants the bullpen fresh as could be for those series. Maybe that's it. And if that is the case, maybe he could come out and say that so I don't have to question everything. But it just seems odd to me. When I saw Michael Rucker appearing in the seventh inning of that baseball game on Wednesday, I was in the middle of work. I thought I was hallucinating. I thought I missed an inning, and the Cubs went down by five runs. I haven't seen Michael Rucker come in in a high-leverage situation since May. And all of a sudden, here we are in late August. I thought, to be honest, for a second, I was like, oh, there's Fulmer. Fulmer's in. I was like, wait, Rutgers, the score's 4-4. Is that a typo? What's happening? And and so I just – if the bullpen is that fatigued, that's a bit concerning because the Cubs only really have one off day coming up here. And, uh, yeah, that's just it. I I have nothing against David Ross. I I have – you know, as a human, I have nothing against David Ross. I want him to be as successful as possible. But I just have to call out what I see. And Tuesday night was unacceptable and Wednesday – you know, wasn't great either, but the Cubs found a way to win. So let's talk about that. So I thought the Cubs offensively, not only just on Wednesday, but Monday and Tuesday really bounced back after a mediocre offensive showing and a mediocre homestand offensively. Uh, They they scored, I think it was six Monday, six no, seven Monday, six Tuesday and six Wednesday. I think it was what it was. And they faced a very solid pitcher in Scoobald. Uh, on Wednesday. And it was really interesting. Their their plan against him. Usually there's this double-edged kind of thing where when you face an elite pitcher, it's like, well, do we want to just take a bunch of pitches and just get him out early? Even if he dominates us, if if he's out after the fifth or sixth, that's great. Or are we afraid to do that? Because if we get to two strikes, he's going to wipe us out. We have to be really aggressive. That's always the classic debate when you're facing a really good pitcher, especially a strike thrower, and the Cubs were really aggressive, and it worked. Uh, they, they had some great swings. Candelario saw him well. golm saw him well. Of course, Bellinger had what I thought at the time was going to be the biggest hit of the game, the two-run single to put him up 4 nothing. after Ian Hap got wiped away, second and third one out. And the Cubs are up 4 nothing. And then Jamison Tyone, who overall pitched one of his better games for the most part, comes in in the sixth inning, loads the bases, nobody out. And then he does a heck of a job. He gets Riley green and Spencer Torkelson to make outs without any run scoring. And it was, it was four, nothing bases loaded, two outs. It was like, you know, you're, you're picturing Pat Hughes saying, well, you know, this is the turning point of the game. You felt like if he escaped that jam, the Cubs are going to cruise the rest of the way he fall. He falls behind Stan usual. Uh, I mean, Ted Williams, I mean, Mickey Mantle. I mean, Carrie Carpenter, and three, one pitch grand slam. And man, I was on a call when that happened. I, so I couldn't like react. I was on a work call. And when that ball landed, I, I like, they, they were like, Sam, you there, Are you with us? Um, I felt so devastated and defeated after that. And then the Cubs rallied back biggest hit of the game, eighth inning, two men on two outs, Yan Gomes. Uh, base hit to left field, scores a run. And then in the ninth, the Cubs added on beautifully. First and second, nobody out. Madrigal sack bunt. Nico sack fly. Got a little hairy there in the ninth inning, and Alzelay was able to shut the door. Look, I get it to all those people out there that are saying, hey, it's not pretty, man. It's not pretty, Sam. They're not playing great. Yeah, but... It's good enough. Uh, this I, I always was concerned with this series. You guys listened to Monday's episode. I expressed that concern. So getting out of there two out of three is a really good result. Uh, it, it stinks that Milwaukee is white hot right now. They've won five in a row against pretty good teams. Uh, Cincinnati won game one of their doubleheader on Wednesday. They're playing game two right now. The Marlins lost. The D-backs were idle. Uh, but but you, know, you got to just keep kind of plowing away. I think if I if I get a hold of my dad, I think what he's going to say too. Just knowing, you know, because we've talked off the air, you know, the pitching terrifies you. It just does the starting pitching right now. It terrifies you, and that's why I'm so insistent on leaning on this bullpen and, and getting these starters out early because I do think the Cubs have some upside in the pen. You know, Wisneski against righties. Palencia every now and then really shows flashes. I'm not giving up on Quas. And then we know about Fulmer, Leiter, Merriweather, and uh, I was like Merriweather today had his best outing as a Cub uh, on, on Wednesday afternoon. He was electric, sitting a 100, nasty slider, got Carpenter on a changeup. Um, he's got the best stuff on the team. I don't think there's any debate about that. Um, so overall, pretty good. You know what I mean? It, it, it was good enough. And, uh, you know, I think you got to be happy with it as you head into Pittsburgh. And we're going to talk about the Pirates series and a certain left-hander that may be coming up, maybe not. Uh, But first, this episode is brought to you by Bunches. Okay, Lockdown Cubs fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat about sports in real time. Go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Cubs fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat. The Lockdown MLB group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat about your favorite team, and keep up with the latest MLB news. Chat about your team every day. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Lockdown MLB Bunch in the discover tab. You can also click the link in the description of this episode. Try bunches today. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Cubs play the Pirates at 605 Central on Thursday. And you can listen to every pitch with the Cubs Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. On the SXM app, search Cubs or tune into channel 844 and catch the Cubs all season long on Sirius XM. Before we talk about that Cubs game. And we're back here on lockdown Cubs. That's one thing I always forget is that uh, letting everybody know we're back from break. It is what it is. Before we talk about that, there were some murmurs on Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, as Jordan Wicks was scratched from his start at triple a, it was not injury related. We started to think, could he come up? Will he come up? And, As I'm recording right now, it's about 9.30 central time on Wednesday evening, still probably about 96 degrees out. Uh, He has not come up yet. However, I do think that it's worth talking about with him because I was somebody that was apprehensive uh, about a couple of weeks ago to bring up these guys and put them in a tough situation. But then I really read up more on Jordan Wicks and – you know, looked at his career and this is kind of what he was drafted to do. He is not a super high upside arm. He is nowhere near the level of, of, a, of an upside guy, like a Cade Horton, but, but his kind of value, his, you know, what what made him attractive and draftable in the late first round for the Cubs is that he could advance quickly and he's not afraid of the moment. And, and right now, um, he, th- this season he supports a, he's a has a 7 and 0 record he has a 3.55 ERA pretty good numbers overall and my my take on it is this Drew Smiley going back to the preseason going back to April we always were talking with this cubs team ceiling and floor ceiling floor right what's a guy's upside? What's his downside? What's the upside right now of Drew Smiley? The absolute best case scenario for Drew Smiley is to go out there against a bad team like Pittsburgh this weekend and just keep the Cubs in the game. Five and two thirds, three earned runs, something like that. Cubs win like seven to four. That's That's the upside. The downside is what we saw on Tuesday night. So I ask you, why wouldn't you Give Wicks a chance. He's not... It's not like a Ben Brown situation where he's walking the ballpark. He's been solid at A since he's been there. And the thing with Wicks is there's legit upside there. Maybe the league hasn't seen him yet. He comes in and gives you a huge lift for about a month. You know, maybe he makes four or five starts with an ERA in the low threes, wins two or three of them. You know, could go deep in the game uh, unlike Drew Smiley. I just... I guess... What I would ask Jed Hoyer and David Ross is, what's the downside of it? If he comes out and gets rocked, that's what Drew Smiley's doing, right? What's the difference? Throw Smiley in the bullpen. Smiley can be his backup if if he does get overwhelmed and the moment's too big for him. And if something you know if something goes wrong, you bring in Smiley as your long guy. I I, I really I really have have come around to give this kid a shot. That's why you draft him. All the teams around the league that are contending are leaning on these type of guys to give them a spark late. I think PCA is going to be up soon too. And I, and I think Jordan Wicks should start before Drew Smiley does again. I I really do. And I, I wanted to say that publicly uh, today, as far as the Cubs pirates go uh, previewing this series. I, I don't, you know, we, we, we play these guys all the time. Um, six times. I think so far this year, we've won all of them. Uh, you're going to face, I believe, Mitch Keller on Friday. He's their best pitcher by far; has nasty stuff. Uh, I think I saw Bailey falter on Sunday, and then they were still uh, TBD for Thursday and Saturday. For the Cubs, I think it's it's Hendricks Thursday, or Steel Thursday, Hendricks Friday, um, and then it's supposed to be, you know, Assad and 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 Smiley on Sunday. I I really don't want to ruin my Sunday. Um, and and again, it's nothing against Drew Smiley, right? Like like, put him in the bullpen. It's fine. It's it's just one of those things. I it's kind of enough already. Uh, in this series for the Cubs, very simple. Three out of four. If you go into Pittsburgh and you win three out of four, whether it's you know a, a successful blowout, if it's one nothing to one then you did your job. You went eight and four in this 12 game stretch and you can't be angry about it. And then it gets, you know, really, really fun with Milwaukee coming to town. Then you go to Cincy, Arizona, the giants, you basically have four straight series with teams that you're competing with. So finish this stretch strong. Don't split, find a way to get three out of these four games. I love that steals opening the series that, that should be, should get us good vibes, get us going early, feeling good. And, uh, you know, Keep this momentum going. It's, it, it's, it's the dog days, as my dad, ironically, who's hopefully going to come on here shortly. Uh, he always refers to August as the dog days. It is, and you got to just keep grinding. So uh, I'm about to give a call to my dad, see if he could come on. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022 at sleeper. It's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper is now offering up to a hundred times payout for eight, up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. You can use promo code, sorry, I lost my spot, Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, we're back here on Locked On Cubs, and I am going to give my dad a call. We're going to see if we could talk Cubs here uh, with him and uh it should be a good time so let's see hopefully you guys can hear that okay i think you will be able to hello hello hi can you hear me can you hear me yeah i think so i think we're good great all right. I got my, uh, I got my dad on the line here. Um, as I, as I said before, I called him, um, most of the, most of the things you guys hear from me pretty much come from him. Uh, the personality, the passion he's not. And I'm going to speak for you for a second, dad. He's not as locked in as he used to be when he was my age or even when I was younger, because you know, that's, that's what happens, but he, He knows his stuff. He loves to talk about it, and and that's pretty much where I get it from. So, Dad, uh, thanks for coming on. This is long overdue. Um, First, tell me what you're feeling about the 2023 Cubs, uh, what you like, what you don't like, and and let's go from there.
1: Okay, sounds good. Uh, What I like was pretty much what we saw today. Uh, This team is loose, and they're good, and they know they're good. And they play baseball the right way. You know, sacrifice fly, for example, you know, late in the game to give us a little bit more insurance. That's the way this team plays when they win. Um, it, being in a playoff race, they don't have the pressure on them because nobody, including themselves, expects them to be where they are. So they're having fun. The problem, which is obvious to you and all your listeners, is losing Stroman – we're short on starting pitching right now, and there's just no miracle. Hassan, if he can do the job the way our closer's pitching, and you know it's exciting because it's a real pennant race. You know when we won and, when we won the World Championship, we we'll were favor. They're in a real pennant race. Um, it's going to come down to starting pitching, and we're a little short, but we're winning series, series after series. And as Coomer, or Ron Coomer alluded to, when you go on the road, you don't have to sweep. You just got to win series, and we're doing that. So I like our chances. It seems to be our year.
0: Yeah, I think that was that was probably well put. Um, I, I I think if I were to if I were to handicap where things are now, I would say I think they have enough to get there, and I think once they get there, the pitching might really rare. It's ugly head against a a powerhouse like the Braves or the Dodgers. Um, But anyways, uh, second thing I want to ask you, and this is really why I wanted to have you on, um, you know, we, we we do have a, a, you know, a middle-aged, you know, fan base, listener base, and I think they would really get a kick out of your experiences as a Cub fan. Some good stories. I remember as a kid, obviously, you used to always talk about 1969 and, and, and I know I know all the stories about it, but just tell it. Tell me some of your favorite stories growing up, going to Cubs games. You could talk '69 or, or whatever you want to do. Uh, but but I always get a kick when you when you talk about your Cubs history because nobody knows it better.
1: Well, '69 you know, was intriguing because first of all, I didn't live that far away, and I went to about 40 games. And it was the first time the Cubs were becoming a really good team since they won in '45. And they had an old school manager that managed Willie Mays and played in the thirties for the gas house game and Leo DeRocher that they got that instilled winning on them, but they had a really good team and a great division. They had, well, they have four hall of famers and they finished in second place, right. you know, Jenkins, Banks, Williams, and Sano. And the thing that was most intriguing about that is up to September 2nd, they had a three and a half game lead. And then they ran into a team called the New York Mets, and what parallels what we just talked about the Cubs today. The Mets were real loose. Nobody expected them to win. In fact, what's intriguing is the well, leading hey. Year the Mets can, that I, year can I can was, I
0: interrupt you for one sec? Was it intriguing or?
1: Yeah, because the <laughs> Mets had a. Wait, the Mets...
0: uh (laughs) Mets. There's other words. There's other words in the English language.
1: All right, well, anyway, the Mets' best hitter was only batting 270, but they had Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, Gary Gentry, and a rookie uh, named Nolan Ryan. Most of your middle-aged people would remember him.
0: Well, everybody would, yeah.
1: And what was key, and I told you this, I'll never forget, is back in those days, the Cubs were playing all-day games. And when the Mets won, and this is a reality of it, you know, you could talk about luck. I got a good story in a second. After September second, the Mets won twenty-two out of twenty-eight ball games, but they were winning and playing night games. You know, after the Cubs lost the day game, the Mets won. So psychologically, like I go to the game the next day, the Cubs already had so much pressure on them and knew that they just, you know, couldn't beat them, and. I snuck down, you know, the usher would chase me around, but I snuck down to the box seats. And I'll never forget this. I could see the fear. I could see the Cubs being scared in their eyes. Now, one of the stories is as they had a big series September 4th with the Mets. Reality versus fantasy. Somebody threw a black cat on the field to jinx the Cubs. Right. You know, that's Cub lore. But the reality is the Mets won 22 out of 27. And DeRocher, and this killed him, he he was always afraid to put in another closer to give their start closer at the time. His name was Phil Regan. They called him the vulture, a break. He didn't give any of the infielders a break, and they had a great backup named Popovich. He believes, I'm going to win with my back. And they got worn out because they were playing all-day games, and they were playing a team that was loose with great pitching. And they were really great because he went on to beat the Orioles and won the World Series. Yeah, right.
0: That's good stuff. Um, the last thing I want to I want to a- ask you. We have a few minutes, so you could you could talk for a couple of minutes. Is... Sure, sure.
1: You tell me whatever
0: you you know. Yeah, no, no. It's a, it, it's good stuff. Usually, guys, he's not this serious on the phone, but he's he's locking himself in because he's he feels like he's on camera. We th- th- this is the conversations that we have about four or five days a week, regardless of, um, you know, whether, whether I'm on the air or not. So in 2016 Cubs win the world series, we're you and I are not living together at that time. So we didn't get a chance to watch the game together. Um, So obviously besides for me, what was like, like, like Cubs, Cubs history is so rooted in our family and your family. What did you think about when they won, and, and and kind of where did you go back to nostalgic wise? Because that was it for you. Then winning the World Series, that you saw your Bears win in '85, you saw your Cubs win in '16. Sure, I mean, that put
1: the ghost of '69 all, all apartment. They all went away.
0: And, and what like what did you think about? You know, did you have any of those like nostalgic moments? Because you know your mom wasn't around. Did and,
1: I? I got a great story about that. As you are, you got it from me. I'm very superstitious. Yeah, and I was so frustrated. When they were losing before, you know, um, Hayward gave them the talk, I said, I got to do something to change my luck. You know, I didn't like the TV announcers. I got in the car and just started driving around. And they came out of the rain delay. And Pat Hughes, who I love, was on the radio. And then everything went right, and they ended up winning. And I got my love from my mother, God bless her, who got it from her mother. And what I did is I parked on a street, I don't know where I was driving, I stopped. I actually shed a couple of tears and I was talking to her, which many people probably were doing it at the same time. I said, Ma, you missed it, but we did it. I mean, she was as hardcore as you get. She would watch the Cubs every single game, you know, nineteen seventy seven, you know, when there were twenty five games out all those other years. So yeah, there was a lot of emotion because that's where I got it from. And your grandmother, her mother she knew every statistic about Ted Williams. Took me to my first my, baseball game. My, great, my
0: great-grandmother.
1: Yeah, great-grandmother. Yeah. Doubleheader. And Mickey Mantle, it was his last time. He, It was his last year, and I got to see him pitch hit in 1968. Yeah. And, you know, she took me. She she was amazing. So, yeah, yeah, you know, like a lot of families, it goes real deep. But I shed a tear. And I talked to her and I said we did it. And I said, "Ma, we only had to do it once, and that's all I had to see. And right. we'll do it more."
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I think they are headed uh, in, in a direction to where that. Oh may yeah,
1: go. no, it's very exciting. Uh, a real pennant race is unbelievable. Is that they think about it all the time?
0: All right. But, la- uh, last thing before you go, real quick. I'm putting you on the spot. Remember, 17 game season. How many games are the Bears going to win? I don't know where I are, are. Are you in your opt? Are you optimistic or are you? W- Cause you switch every day. So uh,
1: as I got the highlights. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm switching now because they have offensive line problems and everything is predicated on that. Like when they built the 85, come
0: Bears on, just play. give me a number. It's a bear, It's a Cubs show. Uh,
1: you're not going to like it. I was at, I was at nine, but with these injuries, I'm saying, 7 and 10. Oh, yeah, I geez. That 17 They never they never seem to they never seem to they never seem to get a break.
0: And yeah,
1: <laughs> this is not going to be any different.
0: All right. Well, that was awesome, Dad. I'm glad you called in. I will um I'm going to Thank ha- you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hopefully everything went well with the audio part of it and I'll I'll talk, I'll shoot you a text later today.
1: All right. Go for everybody. Go Cubs. This is this is exciting. All right. I'll talk to you.
0: Thanks. Bye. All right. So that, that was my dad. That's a little peek. He, it, it, it's obvious as to why I have a show because, uh, I don't stop talking. He doesn't stop talking. And, uh, I thought that would just be a really fun thing to bring on. Cause I've talked about him. Matt had his dad on a couple of times and, uh, you know, it runs in the family. It runs deep. So, uh, I I'm debating on Thursday night going live. We'll see how that game goes, but maybe put that in your calendar. That may, that may happen. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this has been another dad edition of Locked On Cubs.